This week's two-parter is an adult story for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, you can skip these and there'll be new stories for you next week. You're listening to The Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. And today's story is the second and final part of Your Lancer Adored by Cardigan, who began writing in very late 2020 with adult fan fiction of very visual novels. Now, he writes short stories and interactive fiction. You can find more of his stories, including sequels to this one, at cardigan.sofurry.com. Last time, Alexis got pretty close to Piros in more ways than one. But now, when he meets him again, will he be strong enough to act upon his new feelings? Please enjoy Your Lancer Adored by Cardigan, Part 2 of 2. Soldiers of Aolia were called to combat, a smaller conflict to put out an insurrection on a village allied to the polis. Alexis had not seen a true fight, as only the members of the final year of the conscripted company assisted in war. For three years, no battle required the dispatch of the youth army, but those lads were not so lucky. High-ranking captains of the standing army led each troop of youngsters. The jackal was at least happy enough to find his band led by the Red Wolf. The memory of the encounter was still fresh when he saw Piros in the distance, as they instructed the young men before leaving Aolia. Fitted with the inherited armour and blade of his family, Alexis marched west to Argyros, the city occupied by rebels. The youth, keenly aware of his shortcomings, spent most of the half-day planning. With the wolf a glance away from him, it was impossible that his mind could focus on strategies alone. The men saw war before they made it to the rendezvous location on the outskirts of town. A single arrow landed in the middle of the marching soldiers, injuring a young weasel. The lad fell to the ground as enemies rose in the surrounding hills. An ambush. The captains were quick to rouse the warriors in defence formation, shields up to protect from further projectiles. With every scream, Alexis fought the reflex to turn to fallen allies. Few objects hit the youth's shield, and each time he would cringe and flinch, but not waver. After the deadly rain stopped, foes rose to circle the Aeolian warriors. The captains shouted the only order they needed, the holy decree of the goddess. Guard the man beside you, and you will be guarded. To forsake self-preservation and blindly trust your fellow countrymen, a tough command to follow. To the Aeolians, it was such a philosophy that had brought them victory so many other times. Though his shield stopped several blows, his sword never met an enemy. For once in a long time, his thoughts belonged not to himself nor to the Red Wolf. Protect this fox beside me was his only task. The Aeolians emerged victorious. Rebels responsible for the ambush, captive, fugitive, or dead. Outside the early volley, they took no other Aeolian life. The first taste of actual war embittered the young canine's mouth, tasked with retrieving a corpse, only worsened the situation. The body was yet to turn frigid. He watched the funeral pyre beneath the standard of Aeolia absorbed by the flames. He did not know, but behind him, the hesitating hand of a wolf failed to meet his shoulder to console him. They got to the camp just outside Argyros. Even from their position, the massive valley of quarries drew attention. 
the late afternoon sky shone blue on the large pool in the middle, as mountains turned white from the intense mining, its value only matched by the surreal beauty. While the captains and other members of the standing army assembled and planned, the youths took turns resting and helping around camp. Alexis rarely socialized, not for a lack of drive, but for a lack of skill. That night he remained entirely silent. Soldiers were taught to sleep early. Night had barely come when the lads laid in their makeshift barracks. Alexis alone didn't sleep. The only thoughts that eased the effect of what he had seen and done that day was the wolf. On many bad days, his imagination, and then memory, would by itself stray into Pyrrhos. Though he could not act on those feelings that night, their warmth would have to suffice. Dawn and morning flashed before the young jackal's eyes. He was soon in the middle of the phalanx, being led by his captain among the other troops. There was no brilliant planning beyond a simple clash between the two factions. With the help of the youth army, victory was assured. Soon, both parties met on the hill-laden road leading into the mining city. Intel had shown their numbers dimmed by the impromptu embargo that had been placed once the rebels got hold of the town. From his position, the jackal could not see it, but the Aeolians dominated the insurgents' numbers. They exchanged none of the usual pleasantries of organized war. With a piercing cry, the rebels charged. The captains slurred the holy decree and moved in as well. Those armies on the move, two large waves clashing. After the crash, they turned into a stormy sea of dust. The once organized monster that was the phalanx was broken into a scramble. Metal clashed and ricocheted as men brawled for survival and victory. Chaos reigned in the battlefield and in Alexis's mind. The spear they lent him, long lost. The shield and blade he bore, trembling. He raised his guard valiantly enough that no weapon ever met his armour, but could do little else. All those strategies and plans served nothing to the untrained fighter. Hiding behind a shield proved a good survival strategy, but war was about offence and defence. Behind his shield, a force crushed the jackal to the floor. The enemy had him on the ground. One move of his sword and the jackal's life would be over. He could try to move his shield, but knew he had no time. That was it. He closed his eyes. A loud metallic thud. The weight that fixed him to the damp ground was gone. A gust blew over the jackal. Eyes opened. Another presence towered over him. Alexis! Once his eyes opened, he saw him, the red wolf. His massive shield would cover them both as an arm extended to the immobilized youth. Get up, said Piros. It's not your time yet, soldier. If anyone else called him that day, he would have remained dazed on the ground, but Piros's voice had become comfort, strength. He extended his hand to the wolf and grasped that brawny arm. Yes, Captain. He rushed behind his idol. The fear of war remained, but he relinquished such feelings as the wolf led him. Cold water hit the canine's face. He shook his head as his senses returned. Boorish chanting and cheering of young men. Foreign arms pulled him into a celebratory commotion. Slowly, he recalled the preceding events. The Aeolians crushed the rebel forces as expected. Many wounded Aeolians, that was inevitable, but no dead. They enslaved most rebels, gave the few dead proper burials. Seldom did Polis bother with such pleasantry with their enemies. 
The time spent healing the wounded and assisting the people of Argyros was brief, and so before sundown the soldiers were left to celebrate before they would return home the following day. Soldiers were officially disallowed from consuming alcohol. Without the presence of the council, the standing army, who knew the toughness of war, rarely took upon itself to enforce the rule. Alexis first tasted liquor that night. Once he finally got himself away from the rowdy youths, he could think and understand the day had passed. The young jackal went from trained fighter to warrior, life-taker. He indeed fought for his people, but a man's life forcefully ended. He shivered at the image, the power. He had not taken time to think about it, but that was war. While daydreaming, the jackal felt a gentle weight on his shoulder. The hand that once had failed to reach him now beckoned the youth. Captain Piros, said Alexis. In his surprise, he didn't address the wolf with proper etiquette and salute. He haphazardly corrected himself. At ease. You did well today, soldier. Forgive me, sir, for I cannot agree. I botched my performance in combat. Were it not for your help, sir, I would have perished. His face and ears drooped as that phrase echoed endlessly in the halls of his mind. Yet without his hero, he would have been the only casualty from that combat, he thought. If they remembered him, it would have been the only lost life in an easy conflict. Like before, the older canine forced him back to reality, manly hands on each of his shoulders. Well, said the wolf, you're here now, a soldier. That is what matters. Alexis raised his head and met again those green marbles. A warm smile beamed at him, at such a short distance too. The lives he had taken, the weight of war, all vanished with that red grin. Without noticing, he was smiling back. The older canine had to break away before someone caught them. He cleared his throat and unhanded the jackal. At any rate, he said in a faulty voice, great job, soldier. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. You too, sir. The young jackal could only watch as his idol made it to the segregated area where the captains had their individual tents. Alexis turned back to the confusion created by his fellow youths before he went to the makeshift barracks. He was not looking forward to sharing a sleeping space with the drunks. It was the middle of the night when the young men finally calmed down. It was then the jackal woke up. Nature called him. For the people of Arhuros, who treated the youngsters so well, Alexis found it impolite to follow the protocol of do it in the first private enough spot you find, so he walked to a farther location. On his way, many fighters had passed out among the streets they saved. The jackal knew they would pay dearly the following morning. The stench was more than booze. It seemed few of his fellow soldiers bothered to adopt the simple formalities. He was finally far enough. A small forest bounded the valley of Arguros. The green was once the lifeline of that village, but that night it would be where Alexis would find privacy. Mostly sleepy, the youth squatted and did his business empty-headed. The continuous stream below him only contributed to his drowsiness. As he stood, picked up another sound. The noise filled his mind until he was wide awake. The jackal's long, furred ears took all his concentration. In time, the whisper became clear. Among the leaves rustling in the meek wind, a man's voice, tired, almost exasperated, confirmed the direction 
the youth followed it. He approached the source with stealth, dodging trees and breaking through bushes slowly. Once he was close enough, he could faintly hear, Alexis, Alexis. His name? Only someone from the army knew such information. A surprise attack? He picked up the pace. The voice grew distinct, deep and manly, filled with loud huffs. He broke through one final shrub and saw the beckoner. The pale light of the moon lit the red fur on the back of the canine. No doubt it was Piros. The wolf hunched, exhaling, stood supporting himself with an arm against a tree. He is hurt and calling my name. The instant thought by the jackal made him jump out of the bushes. It was his turn to help. Captain Piros, are you hurt? The wolf, astonished, turned to him in a flash. Barely illuminated, he could only distinguish the youth by his voice. Alexis, his voice charged with sighs and hesitation. What are you doing here? I heard you call my name, sir, the worried young man approached his superior. Are you hurt? Do you need help? Alexis's eyes scrutinized the man for injuries. He was finally close enough to see it. Not a source of pain, but one of pleasure. Between his legs, it lifted the captain's chitin tunic, his shame. Darkness concealed most of its details. The way it glistened in the moonlight showed some wetness. The wolf was quick to hide it. Shame flowed to his face. So did the jackal's gaze. Piros's thoughts turned chaotic, his mouth wordless. So was Alexis's snout, but his mind was busy. Understanding the situation took no effort. Dealing with it would prove an endeavour. Surprise, curiosity, lust, the jackal could not tell why, but limped towards the wolf. Their mouths quivered, but the wolf's spoke first. I, I... The reaction that day in the arena, the one earlier that night. The force acted again, and soon the red wolf did nothing to hide any more, welcoming the approaching man's reaction. Inches away again, both canines knew the position well. The older's green met the youth's vivid brown. Nothing to stop them, only themselves. In fear, eyes closed on both sides. The snouts made contact. The warmth of the other one's body was the only thing in their minds. The jackal's hands collided on those pectorals as the wolf hugged him. Soon the touch flourished into a kiss. Within and between those snouts, tongues danced. Like a trainer raising a young fighter, the wolf's tongue led the assault with strictness but not force. The younger let his idol lead him into pleasure. The sweet embrace of their mouths had to end. Feelings became pyre inside the canines, their smoke coming out as sighs and slurred syllables. Still in his arms, the youth spoke first. Captain Piros, I have thought about you since that day, Alexis. Each of those words heated on the lad's snout, searing punishment and comforting hearth. The youth had no comments to answer. For once, his actions would talk for him. The jackal started the second kiss. His tongue pierced the wolf's fangs, danced and teased the other man's mouth and lips. His movements, as if to say, lead me. The captain obliged. The invading member turned into a beloved guest. The longer, wetter embrace of the canines proceeded for minutes, led by the hot, new feelings. The jackal's hand slid down the gut. The heat and softness were unmatched. That wet cloth hid the actual sensation. 
He moved with one target, of course. What the wolf tried to conceal, what his imagination only conjured, was then in his range. He drew constantly closer. His own virility twitched inside his undergarments. At the first sign of contact, the young man could not contain himself and eagerly gripped the rod. That made the larger canine moan, a sound few had ever heard. The way his deep voice reached a pitch that high, adding to the sensuality of the situation. Wait, said Piros. He kept the jackal at arm's length. Alexis's mind would have fallen into confusion, but the wolf spoke again before that happened. Do you know the rumours? They are true. He needed no further explanation. Stories of members of the standing army, especially high-ranking ones, abusing those of the youth army. Perpetrators of such actions rarely went punished, so the problem was widespread. The thought of being targeted by such bad actors had crossed Alexis's mind. His ears and snout dropped. Piros was there to stop it, however. He raised the lad's chin. I do not want that. He spoke again matter-of-factly, like nothing before that had ever happened between the two. The serious look, the façade, returned. The quick switch was scary, but the trembling palms on the youth's shoulders revealed the feelings underneath it. Do you understand? I do, Captain Pyrrhus. With a sigh, the grip completely steadied. A genuine smile formed in the red man's mouth. The back of the brawny hand caressed the jackal's muzzle. The young man just gave in, nuzzling against it. No punishment, only comfort. Alexis could finally beam in return. Alexis! Piros moved his hands again, to the jackal's back. The youth braced himself for another kiss. The wolf surprised him. The larger canine's head flew past his own and landed at his shoulder. Call me Piros. The warmest embrace. The chill wind had no effect on the couple. The previously drooped arms of the jackal moved to mimic the wolf's. Yes, Piros. There they remained, nestled in each other, eyes closed. Through the thick of the green, through the sleeping streets of the silver town and to the sea of tents for the captains, the young man felt none of that. The warmth of the wolf alone dominated his senses. His body gently put down against the straw bedding on the tent's floor, the situation hitting him as the warm touch faded. He was where only his dreams took him before, just ahead of him, unfortunately coated in darkness, his idol stripped, for him. The older canine, completely exposed, straddled the lying youth. Piros's frame towered over him, but weighed on him none. The wolf was careful to put all his heaviness on his own thighs, conscious of the lad's position. Their snouts were again touching. While Alexis's face heated with a mix of embarrassment and elation, the red-furred hands probed the jackal's chest. By then, the youth had become somewhat intimate with the wolf, but the older man was yet to see his body beyond what the tunic covered. He was quick to undo the buttons holding the youth's tunic, and so exposed the fit pecs, no way Alexis could match the development of the wolf's body, but his build more than satisfied the older canine. Brawny hands circled and groped that chest. The young man slowly moaned and gasped. No one had touched him like that before, and to Pyrrhus it was obvious. Handsome. His curious face plunged to meet the pectorals. 
The youth's nose advanced to the brownish hair of the older man, as the wolf's own nostrils scrutinised the golden fur. The jackal thanked the wolf by constantly rubbing those meaty thighs by him. Face pulled back, the red wolf knew he had to go deeper. The canine's fingers dug through the straw and undid the straps that held the youth's leather belt. Somehow, to Alexis, everything before that point could have been a very vivid wet dream. But how Hans caressed his tunic, and then how he was free from clothing himself, was the ultimate proof. That was happening for real. Alexis had not brought a proper perizomat to war, so his barely contained erection hid behind a thin piece of cloth. The wolf caressed it for a bit before undoing its meat cage. The jackal moaned as the point of climax steadily approached. Their virilities finally touched, nothing in between the other's heat. Piros advanced into Alexis one last time to address him. Are you ready? He was. For anything. His idol, the man he had admired and dreamed of for ages, his first. He would take all that manhood, lose his chastity to his hero. Yes, he finally answered in a faulty voice. Take me, Pyrrhus. Make me yours. The eager answer genuinely surprised the wolf. To the point, his astonishment turned into a light chuckle, not out of mockery, but of sheer disbelief that such words could come out of the young man beneath him like those did. No, Alexis. We will take it slow tonight. They kissed the man again before the jackal could respond or get embarrassed. As their tongues and penises wrestled, the wolf's hand grabbed both members. They broke the kiss by moaning. You're going to enjoy this way more, said Pyrrhus. A slow start. The older wolf knew exactly how men liked it. The lad was too fresh, too sensitive. Starting with anything stronger than that might have actually hurt him. They moaned into each other. The youth's hand had moved to taking the towering canine by the waist. How, how are you holding up? the wolf said between damp gasps. Good. Feels so good. Great. Let's go a bit faster, all right? And so he did. The manly hand picked up its pace, some wetness from both rods easing the movements. The increment also raised the volume of the lad's moans. In desperation, Piros shut the lad by putting his palm over that mouth. He must be quiet. The other captains are close. Noticing the abrasiveness of his action, he moved to amend his mistake. Ah, forgive me. Before he took the hand completely from the jackal's snout, the young man nibbled at the tip of two fingers. Was that acceptable? Was that hot? The youth did not know, but was sucking on those digits with a naughty grin. You like that? said Piros with a chuckle. Very well. Enjoy it. He inserted more of his fingers in. Alexis responded by suckling it with energy. His mouth was being pleasured, even the wolf's carefully trimmed nails he enjoyed. It assisted with the sounds too, grunts and moans doused by the canine's hand. One moan was louder than the rest. The youngster was on the edge of overflowing. You're close, aren't you? Don't hold back. The older man went for the death blow. He stilled his hand on both cocks and performed pelvic thrusts instead. It was too much for the young jackal. He came as he never had. The wolf watched in awe as the unique virility of youth afforded him with powerful and far-reaching shots. The white liquid glistened as it flew to his sender's body and face. After the blast ended, the older canine removed his hand from the joint crotches. Beautiful, he said. 
and then brought the hand to his face, licking it clean of seed. Tasty, too. Alexis was in an afterglow, but before he could relinquish himself to sleep, he had one last move to perform. In an abrupt shift, his hand went from the canine's waist to his cock. Unlike the wolf, who acted with cadence, the jackal jerked with strength and energy. Oh, Alexis! The youth gave his superior no quarter. Even when his saliva-covered digits moved to support the wolf on the young man's chest and sigh heavily over him did he slow down. The wolf threw his body back and surrendered to the pleasure and hit an orgasm. In power, his shots overshadowed his younger counterpart. Alexis let his hero's sperm coat him, aiming the cock to his mouth agape. Once the red wolf ceased, both satisfied, he joined the golden jackal on the bedding, his muscular yet chubby body fitting neatly beside him. So, the man drew his finger over the mixture of spunk covering the lad's chest. How did you like it? It was great, Piros. Good. I enjoyed it too. The captain hugged his soldier, letting the blend of sperm soil his own body. Piros put Alexis's head on his chest and covered the combined bodies in a cloth. Rest, Alexis. You did wonderfully. The wolf's heart beat a lullaby that led Alexis to sleep. The earliest bits of sunrise broke through the tense material, waking the jackal immediately. Took him a while to tell that he was lying naked beneath the sheets in a captain's tent. His superior was not beside him, however. The wolf was getting presentable when he noticed the jackal awake. Ah, good morning, Alexis. I was about to rouse you. Everything had happened in reality. The events of the previous night played and replayed in the sleepy man's head. Barely he could discern what Piros had told him. Alexis, he said while squatting by the jackal, listen, I must leave now. The captains are preparing for the departure. Join the other soldiers, all right? Yes, Captain Piros. His face dropped. Like after his past encounters, once all done outside that tent, everything became the same speaking matter-of-factly, using salutes and honorifics, only watching from afar. Listen, I know what kind of thoughts are going through that head right now. He put one of his hands on the jackal's shoulder, which prompted the youth to face him. Do not worry. We will meet again. It's a promise. The wolf placed another kiss on the young man, that time on his forehead. That awarded him with a smile from the jackal. Though not wholly false, both knew the sentiment behind it were incomplete. The wolf was about to leave when he remembered something important. Before you leave, soldier, he said, flushed, you should use that bucket and cloth I fetched. Get yourself cleaned up. The events of that morning had distracted him from himself. Two sniffs and he could smell the distinct smell of dry manhood on him. Upon that realisation, he turned, embarrassed. <laughs> yes, thank you, sir. The day proceeded as normal. No one noticed or bothered to mention the couple's actions from the earlier night. The army, except a handful of standing army troops, returned to the city-state of Aolia before noon, arriving at the polis late into the night. To the jackal, following days dragged, but not uneventfully. For their bravery in the Battle of Arguros, the council graduated participant members of the youth army. Many proceeded to a position in the standing army, but not Alexis. He felt ill-suited for war and hurt for the mysterious absence of the wolf. And yet, neither truly left his mind. Those words, 
that promise. He wanted to believe them, but the distance and the silence became pain. A public announcement said that the newest member of the Band of the Sacred Beads had chosen his companion. Piros would give the news in the arena. Alexis went, of course. Even if distant, he thought, he could admire the wolf as the idol he had always been. Alexis never saw the square so full. Civilians packed the bleachers, cheering, waiting to see the newest members of their prestigious army. They filled so much of the space, soldiers and the recently graduated would stand within the sandy area. The young army men, unlike the crowd, erect in anxious silence. Deep down, all men held the chance to become the Red Wolf's aide. The youths circled a small podium where the general and Piros stood. So did the tournament's first, second and third place combatants. With a motion from the leader of the army, the whole place turned quiet. People of Aolia, bellowed the general. We stand here, for the goddess blessed us with a new warrior that shall hold her wishes in combat. Pyrrhus Adamos hold her blessed beads, and shall give them to his companion, as did the soldier of old. He put attention on the red wolf, who held the beads aloft. Most attendants praised the man with prominent voices. Once they settled, he raised his own tone. I come bearing the gift of the goddess. She has accepted my decision as I have taken her blessing. Oh, guide me, Aolia Victoria! He brought his hand to his chest. After a pause, a silent prayer and a deep sigh, he moved to his choice. He passed the victors, gave them little attention, descended from the elevated wooden floor, and dove into the crowd of young men that circled him. Piros made a beeline to his squire effortlessly. He did not want to believe it a dream born from his stupid feelings and longing for the wolf, and yet the morning light above him burned his eyes, his curled-up toes felt the leather beneath, and the massive red body stood in front of him, hand extended. The combination of blue and green stones on his hands shone with the sun. Alexis heard the deep voice speak, under the illusion of detachment, full of emotion. Will you be my lancer? This was the second and final part of Your Lancer Adored by Cardigan. Read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a story you'd like to share, please let me know. I'm at Kaki Doggy on Twitter and Telegram, and I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.